Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess will be back on Monday. I've been chatting with him all week. He's been learning a lot on spiritual warfare with Father Chad Ripperger. Today is a great topic as far as I'm concerned. Cardinal Pell is a personal friend of mine. i tell you stories when I knew him 25 years ago. And I just am so grateful he came out in an interview. And he's calling on the Vatican to correct two senior European bishops for rejecting church sexual ethics. And this article is gold because we, he's quoting some powerful people in regards to calling the dissenters out so that we can keep the unity of the church. Very important topic. Also, I'm going to have Dr. Ed Mazza talk with me about the consecration to Russia prayer that Pope Francis is going to be doing on the 25th of March. With And he's encouraging all the bishops of the world to join in, which I'm really excited about. And I might add the Fatima Pilgrim statue arrived in the Ukraine just two days ago. So it's getting it's going to happen, and I'm really grateful for that. Uh, but before we do any of these topics, I love soul food. And when I give you the commentary from the Navarre Bible on this, on this uh, gospel, I believe it will be eye-opening to you. Now we're going to read the gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 33, 43, and all the way to 46. Jesus said to the chief priests, the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to his tenants and went on a journey. When the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he said, other servants more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them the same way. Finally, he said his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they saw one another. This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his own vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper time. Jesus said to them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parable, they knew that he was speaking about them. And although they were tempting to arrest him, they feared the crowds, for they regarded him as a prophet. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, this commentary, think about that parable. And then here's the great commentary from the Navarre Bible. It says, these very important parables complete the previous one, the parable of the two sons, simply identified 
the indocility of Israel. That of the wicked tenant focuses on the punishment to them. This is interesting. The Lord compares Israel to a choice vineyard, specifically fenced with a watchtower where a keeper is in on the lookout to protect it from thieves and foxes. God has spared no effort to cultivate and embellish his vineyard. See how this is applying to us, too. The vineyard is in the charge of the tenant farmers. The household of God and the vineyard is Israel. The tenants whom God has given the care of his people are the priests, scribes, and elders. The owner's absence makes it clear that God really did entrust Israel to its leaders. Hence, their responsibility and account he demands of them. And he demands an account for us too. This is where it gets really interesting in the commentary. The owner sent his servants from time to time to collect the fruit. This was the mission of the prophets. The second dispatch of servants who claim what is owing to the owner who meets the same fate as the first, fate as the first refers to the way God's prophets were ill-treated by the kings and priests of Israel. Yep, that's, that's true. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking they would have more respect for him. Here, we can see the difference between Jesus and the prophets, who were servants, not the son of the parable, indicating singular, transcendental sonship, expressing the divinity of Jesus Christ. The malicious purpose of the tenants in murdering the son and heir to keep the inheritance for themselves well, it's madness of the leaders to expecting to become undisputed masters of Israel by putting Christ to death. You see? See the connection with Jesus' death? He was innocent. Their ambition blinds them to the punishment that awaits them. Then they cast him out of the vineyard and kill him. A reference to Jesus Christ on the cross, the crucifixion, which took place outside the walls of Jerusalem. Jesus' prophecies of the punishment of God will inflict on evildoers. He will put them to death. It's what Jesus say. Rent the vineyard to others. This is the very significant prophecy. St. Peter later repeats to the Sanhedrin. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, but which has become the head of the corner. That's Acts chapter 4. Now the stone of Jesus in Nazareth, but the architects of Israel who build up the rule of the people have chosen not to use it in the building because of their unfaithfulness to the kingdom of God will be turned over to another people, the Gentiles, who will give God the fruit he expects his vineyard to yield. So that's the commentary I wanted to share with you. I think every you know thing in scripture, it's really good to get good commentary that you can trust and I trust the Navarre Bible uh, commentary. All right, let's bring the smartest guy. Oh, before we bring the smartest guy into the room, this is important. We have a great feast day today. And I consider it a great feast because uh, St. Jerome of, of Jerome, here it is, hang on. Uh, this particular saint is one of the great saints of the church and a doctor of the church, St. Cyril of Jerusalem. 
What's interesting about St. Cyril of Jerusalem is he was dealing with a lot of problems, the same thing we're dealing with. He's known mainly for his lectures to the catechumens and newly baptized. His extent instruction showed conclusively Catholic doctrines are the same now as it was then. And who was he battling? Arians, heretics. They, they, those Arians were inside the church and they exiled this saint three times. Now, how does that relate to us today? <clears throat> well, <laughs> I'm going to say it, probably not be politically correct, but we've had bishops removed in the Catholic Church who are good, loyal sons to the magisterial teachings of the Church. And I believe that that took place back in the 4th century with St. Cyril of Jerusalem, and he took it on the chin. There's no saint that hasn't gone on without being persecuted by the church. So when you do get persecuted by people inside the church, that's a good sign. So St. Cyril of Jerusalem, please pray for us today. We need a, a saint like that. And that's what I consider what Cardinal Pell is doing as an elderly cardinal who spent time in prison unjustly. He's saying, look, I'm at the end of my life. I see the church being destroyed from within. And he is calling on all Vatican uh, officials to correct these two senior European bishops for rejecting church sexual ethics. And we'll get into that and much more. I'll have Dr. Ed come in also to talk about the consecration of Russia and the prayer that's being uh, prayed, and also the novena, and much, much more on the Terry and Jesse show. Remember, the quote from Fulton Sheen is a powerful one. Let me give it to you. Full Sheen ahead. He says, the law he gave was clear. He's talking about our Lord. Life is a struggle. Unless there is a cross in our lives, there will never be an empty tomb. Unless there's a crown of thorns, there will never be the halo of light. Unless there is a good Friday, there will never be an Easter Sunday. Bishop Sheen says it well. Today, if we're suffering, unite that suffering with the sufferings of Christ. We're imitating Jesus in our suffering that we take today. The biggest suffering is just living out your Catholic faith in a world that acts like God doesn't exist. That's what we're here for, to build you up in the body of Christ and give you information of the gospel, the teachings of the church, that will give you strength to wither any storm that the world can give because the world can't take away our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why I want to encourage you this Friday of Lent, make more sacrifices for our leaders in the church, the priests, the bishops, the Holy Father. They need our prayers. And I want to thank those who came to church last night to pray with us for the Holy Father, for the bishops and priests. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'll say it. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. Dr. Ed Moss is going to join me to talk about not only the Fatima consecration, but also we'll talk about what Cardinal Pell is doing. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess will be back on Monday. I want to talk to you about Cardinal Pell, but I've been repeating this line. There's no author of this line, but 
It says it all. The church cannot be the salt of the earth if we keep sugarcoating the gospel. That's it. Now, Dr. Ed will be calling in, and we're going to be talking about Our Lady of Fatimas and the consecration, but I want to alert you to something that's very, very important. I see Dr. Ed is with us now. Dr. Ed, I'll tell you, we're just getting old together here, brother, <laughs> proclaiming the gospel for many Been years. Been through a lot of wars. Oh, exactly, and we got more to come, please, Lord. Dr. Ed, I want to talk about what Cardinal Pell has done with uh, Mr. Pinton, Pinton from the National Catholic Register, because it's a great interview. I want to set the stage. I knew Cardinal Pell back in the 90s. As a matter of fact, Ed, you probably don't know this, but in 1996, he came to Southern California, and I was asked to be his chauffeur with my four wow. children and my wife in our big 15-passenger van, and I drove him around Los Angeles to different museums. We had a wonderful mm -hmm. dinner together. And it's really interesting because I got to know him. He was the archbishop at that time, uh, and he was concerned about problems in Los Angeles with our own cardinal, and he asked me a lot of questions about uh, things, and he was just shaking his head when I would tell him some of the things I was you know, dealing with. Like, yeah, this shouldn't happen. So I'm not surprised now that he's in his 80s, you know, um, ready to meet his exit interview, to come out and say, what can I do to help Holy Mother the Church? Well, Cardinal Pell calls out the Vatican to correct two senior European bishops for rejecting uh, church sexual ethics. Now, he's calling the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, we call it the CDF, to publicly reprimand these European senior bishops for what they said and their wholesale explicit rejection of church teachings on sexual ethics. Now, in a statement released March 15th, Cardinal Pell asked the Vatican Doctrinal Congregation to intervene on these comments by Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerick. If I'm saying it wrong, Ed, you correct me. And re the Relator General of the Vatican Senate on Synodality and the Bishop uh, Blazing, President of the German Bishops' Conference. Scandalous, even more. Cardinal Pell has made the appeal a few days earlier in an interview given to the German Catholic television. And if I interview him again, I'm going to ask him to come on out, comment on this because <clears throat> the Jesuit Cardinal Hollerich of Lutzingburg, they both called for changes in the church teachings on what? Homosexuality? Are you kidding me, Ed? Is this microphone on? I mean, to have a Cardinal ask for that today, you know, I'm sorry, Ed, I didn't, he didn't say this in an interview, but go retire. Don't, don't, if, you don't, if you don't agree with the church teachings, zip your lip and just pray because you're undermining the church. And this is what Cardinal Pell is saying, that this Cardinal Hollerick, Ed, I know you know this, but are, do your listeners know that he's presiding over much of the Senate on synodality that runs until October next year? This is the guy who's going to have some influence in the church? Are you kidding me? So he claimed last month that the current teaching was wrong. That's like some other Jesuits say that the Bible is wrong about homosexuality. Really? <clears throat> I'm glad you... Where's your humility, man? That sounds like pride to me. And he's basically saying that the sociological scientific foundation of that teaching on what once formally condemned as sodomy was no longer correct. You notice where he went to? Psychology. Not to the Word of God or the magisterial teachings of the church. Please, Cardinal, retire. Do us a favor. Now, Bishop uh, Bensing argued on March 4th, 4th 
and, a, and a, that same-sex relationships were permittable and not a sin, and that the catechism should be changed to reflect this. Ed, again, these guys should sit down because they're undermining the church. And now Cardinal Pell says these two prelates have vowed not to dis, uh, dismiss any homosexual priest or lay employee from their diocese. You know, I want you to talk about discrimination, what St. John Paul II said. We talked about it before the show. Nobody has to be afraid, he said, for losing their job for reasons of homosexuality, the bishop said. How someone lives their personal intimacy is none of my business. And that goes back to Hermione Vitae. I, you know, but I bet you $20, and I'll bet even $100, that those two men were dissenters of Hermione Vitae. I guarantee it, because the way they're... Well, that's an old scripture verse. The way the tree bends is the way it falls. And I bet you these men have been dissenters for all these years. Now, Cardinal Pell, a good Orthodox cardinal, said these teachings are erroneous, as it were not only rejects the ancient Judeo-Christian doctrines against homosexuality activity, but undermines and rejects the teachings on a monogamous marriage, well said, an exclusive union of, what does the catechism say? A man and a woman. The Bible says that. Now, this Australian cardinal said he recognizes the challenges faced by the declining numbers of the German faithful. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're losing everybody because of liberalism in these speaking countries. I love what he says, but added that the only possible response should be to rediscover the promises of Jesus and embrace more closely the undiminished deposit of Faith, And I'm going to say it right now. I know bishops have been told, stop talking about the deposit of faith by cardinals. Okay? That's sad. That's what we're up against. Now, the Cardinal Pell stressed that the solution, and I love this quote. This Ed, I'm keeping this quote for as long as I live. I shared it with you before the show. He quoted, he said, Pope Paul VI, who, he said, The solution is not to follow the changing dictates of contemporary secular culture. That's what our church seems to be doing. Adding that, as Pope Paul pointed out many years ago, Pope Paul said it, I didn't say it, I just happened to believe it, Ed. Pope Paul said, this is a path to destruct and destruct the church. Now, Ed, I'm going to add a little bit more, and then I want to get your take on this. The cardinal who served as the first prefect of the Secretariat for the Economy in 2014 to 2017 also criticized, and I'm, I think rightly, Ed, the senatorial path of the church in Germany, where such controversial changes are being voted by a selected participants. Now, Ed, just give me your take before I continue on there. Is this microphone on? Are we really talking about people that are leaders in our church who are going to quote psychology over scripture? Is that true? Terry, tell me what you really think. Don't, don't hold back. <laughs> well, I, it's, it's because I love the I love people and I love souls. And if souls yeah. are saved, everything is saved. So for me to speak out like this, Ed, it's yeah. not easy to say this to about no. these cardinals. But you know what? They need to be corrected. And this is what Pell is saying. That's what Pope Paul VI said. What do you say? I say I follow Jesus. Amen. Uh, and not, uh, you know, look. Tell me. The, the, the church has existed in every century yeah. since the first century. Yeah. And so the doctrine does not change. Amen. So what was sacred in the first century or the sixth century or the 16th or the it's the same. Amen. 
you can't change it to suit the willy nilly, uh, the spirit of time of the times, right? Yeah. The we live in a fallen world. Uh, we are tempted by the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's right. And the devil will always try to corrupt church teaching, and it's the job of bishops to be shepherds. That's right. You know, they have a, a much higher responsibility than you and I. Absolutely. I, I am a lowly sinner, but I would not want to be in their shoes on Judgment Day. Let me tell you. Amen, brother. Um, uh, I'm at a loss for words because, um, you look, it's either you follow the truth or you don't. It's black and white, brother. Ed, the Cardinal said this, and I want to get your take on this. The Catholic Church, he said, is not a loose federation. He's saying the same thing where different national senates or gatherings and prominent leaders are able to reject essential elements of the apostolic tradition and remain undisturbed. He said this, the rejection is a rupture not compatible with the ancient teachings of Scripture, the magisterium, not compatible with the legitimate doctrinal developments. And I, I like what he said, it's undermining the unity of the church when nobody speaks out against these, I'm going to call them, material heretics. Uh, I don't know what's inside. Maybe they're ignorant yeah. and they could possibly be. Um, right. But I think they're heretics. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because of all people, the, the modernist theologian, Carl Rahner, yeah. who was the darling of the 1970s. That's they right. thought he was the new St. Thomas Aquinas <laughs> in the seminaries, right? Boy, they wrong. Were they wrong? But, but, but back in the, in the late forties when he was still, you know, Catholic, he commented in an article on Pope Pius XII's encyclical, Mystici Corporis Christi, yes. the mystical body of Christ. Yes. And Pius XII says that heretics and schismatics and apostates are not members of the visible church. That's right. Are not members of the visible church. And you know what Karl Rahner said? This was like 1946, 1947. He says, the majority of theologians believe that material heretics... Right. Mm -hmm. We're not judging their conscience. Right. We define what a material heretic. In other words, yeah. they go ahead and explain it. I, I, yeah. I share it it's, all the it's, time. It, it's if you if if uh, you teach or you say or you speak something that goes against church teaching in a serious way, that's that's material heresy. Formal heresy is if you know that it's wrong that's and right. you go and you do it and spread it anyway. That's right. So even if you're guiltless and you're spreading material heresy. Karl Rahner in the late 1940s, you know, uh, commenting on Pius XII's encyclical, says that the majority of Catholic theologians believe material heretics are no longer members of the visible church. And if that's true, then these so-called bishops in Germany, they've lost their office. Yep. Because you can't be a, a bishop in the church and not be a member of the visible church, if you get what I mean. I do. Ed, great point. Also in the article, Cardinal Pell said uh, that the statements that are not one of the Ten Commandments is optional. I love that line. Uh, <laughs> they're that not they, the Ten Suggestions. No, right? and they're not, and they're being be followed by sinners. We cannot have a special Aust Austrian or German version of the Ten Commandments. See, this is now, what's happened. It, it, that Vatican is going to make um, uh, St. Uh, Irenaeus a doctor of the yeah, church. That's right. St. Irenaeus, in his book, Against Heresies, says that the church is Catholic. What does that mean? It means that the churches in Germany and in England and in Egypt 
all teach the same thing. And he says, that's the mark of our church, unlike the heretics, right? he says, right? So you, you can't have this each church doing its own thing and call yourself Catholic. That, that's, that's as simple as you can say it, Ed. That's, that's exactly what we're pointing out. And that's why Paul VI said when you start uh, going in with the world, the devil and the flesh, and just going along with you know, the worldly ideas, it's going to destroy the church. And this is why we as lay people feel called, I do, Ed, to speak the truth in charity. Hey, uh, hear the music, Ed, when we come back. Let's shift gears to Our Lady of Fatima. Pray for us. And this prayer the Holy Father is going to have for all the bishops in the world, uh, he wants everyone to pray it together. And here in California, it'll be Sunday at 9 a.m. I think it's 5 o'clock in Rome, p.m., but we're eight hours different, a little before. And we'll get into all of the Lady or Lady of Fatima's message. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I love talking about Our Lady of Fatima. I wanted to uh, mention, Ed, that next month in April, the first Saturday of every single month, we are going to be having like a little study group to study Our Lady's message and practice the five Saturdays, first Saturdays. But we're going to do it year round. And I'll tell you why. Uh, We start with the Chapel of Mercy at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. We have a Rosary of Reparation. Then we have Reflections on the Message of Fatima each day. Each month, we're going to pick somebody to do the research, so it's not just me. And we all learn by teaching. Ed, you're a teacher. You know that you learn a lot when you teach. And then we have confessions going on before Holy Mass at 5 o'clock. And then we have a potluck. And I would invite you, Ed, and your lovely wife to these first Saturday devotions, if it works with you. Uh, I want to invite everyone who is in Southern California to our Sacred Heart Chapel the first Saturday of each month. And I might add, the Mass that we have for everyone is uh, the Anglican Ordinariate Mass, very reverent Mass, where we receive Holy Communion kneeling, only on the tongue. Sacred music is offered. Uh, It's a great experience. And our pastor is, uh, well, he's a former Calvary Chapel guy. He went through all kinds of denominations. And he has a very biblical worldview when he preaches. So I think everyone would enjoy that first Saturday Make that drive once a month, even if it's a couple-hour drive. I think it's worth it. Dr. Ed, let's set the stage. The Holy Father is calling all the bishops in the world, not just here in America, every one of them, to unite in this consecration. On the 25th of March, which is the day of the Annunciation, uh, we had one uh, similar consecration that didn't have everybody together on, uh, back in, I think it was 80, was it 82? Uh, 81 or 82, Ed? There was one in 82 and there 82. was one in 84. Okay, 80, yep. So we can talk about that. Let, let's give us some background on all of this, Ed, if you could, please. Well, the background is this, Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, consecration means to set something aside for a holy purpose. Right. Like you consecrate a cathedral, mm-hmm. uh, for example. And and if uh, you might remember, you know, years ago, a terrible thing happened in St. Patrick's Cathedral. There was a murder. Yep. And uh, it was a Cardinal O'Connor or whoever. I think was it was O'Connor. Cardinal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had to go in there and re 
consecrate that's right that space that sacred space because something demonic diabolical had happened right and god had been offended yep when our lady came to fatima she said that wars are a punishment for man's sins that's right. uh she said that certain fashions would be introduced that would greatly offend god um she, she always kept saying that God is too much offended. She asked Jacinta and Francisco and Lucia, are you willing to offer yourself to make reparation to God? Um, so we have to look at Fatima in our, in our own lives in light of sin and how sin offends God and how we as members of the body of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. can make reparation to yeah. him. Man. I can't think of anything more important than that. Can no. you? No, I can't. Are you kidding me? What do I end every show on? Our lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make and make sacrifices for. I mean, Ed, you're nailing it. Now, set the stage on why is there a need for this consecration? In other words, right. I mean, we already talked earlier in the week about showing the information, the facts about many people think it was already done and we've demonstrated, I think, very clearly. I mean, abortion is still going on in in Russia. If there was a, if the consecration was done properly, you wouldn't have a killing of innocent life. That doesn't yeah. sound like peace to me. So I no, think no, we've no. demonstrated that. Yeah, you see, in 1942, Pius XII consecrated the world yes. to Mary's Immaculate Heart during the war uh, during World War II. Yeah. In 1964, Paul VI, I think, consecrated the Church and the world uh, to Mary during the Vatican II Council. Go ahead. In, in 1982, Pope John Paul II consecrated the world to Mary's Immaculate Heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, the word I should use in his case is not consecrate, but entrust. Yeah. Now, there's a, we'll talk maybe if we have time about the difference between sure. the two. Sure. And then in 1984, on March 25th, you know, exactly 38 years ago, wow. he consecrated again the mm -hmm. world to Mary's Immaculate Heart. In the year 2000, a lot of people don't know this. John Paul II, for the new millennium, uh, consecrated the world uh, to Mary. Uh, and then, uh, um, well, let me, let me talk about, the, the, Our Lady said Russia, and the reason why she said Russia has to be consecrated is because something awful happened in Russia in 1917. Basically, Lucifer was enthroned. Uh, they, they, uh, they, enthroned marxism mm -hmm. what is marxism hatred of god yep karl marx wrote satanic poetry people think he was an economic theorist uh, he, the guy was a satanist yep right <laughs> and uh what does that lead to it led to the legalization of abortion the legalization of divorce it led to a a secret police that spied on people and killed millions of people so uh just like a cathedral that has a catastrophe uh, and it has to be reconsecrated. Right. Well, so too Russia has to be singled out and consecrated. And and I'm surprised that there are so many people who don't realize. They think, well, if 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 John Paul consecrated the world, well then Russia is part of the world, so he consecrated it. Mm -hmm. Now, my friend Dr. Taylor Marshall has a good answer to that. He says, supposing you want your priest mm -hmm. to bless your house, right? Mm -hmm. And and you call him up, and he says, okay, I'll do it. Then you never hear from him again. <clears throat> And you call him up and you say, Father, what happened? I thought you were going to you were going to bless my house. And he says, Oh, well, I blessed the I blessed the city, and your house is in the city. <laughs> so your house is blessed. <laughs> That's funny. 
right? That's that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how David. It works. Remember, in, let's let's bring the Bible into this, right? In the Bible, uh, God sent the prophet Samuel to Jesse, and and told and he told and he told Jesse, look, God is going to anoint. He wants me to anoint one of your sons as king. Now he didn't just anoint all of his seven sons, right? Jesse presented all seven sons to him, and actually. When Samuel looked them up and down, he said, wait a minute, don't you have any other kids? Mm -hmm. I'm not, the Holy Spirit is not enlightening me here. And he's like, oh yeah, I got David, but he's out with the sheep. <laughs> and and uh, Samuel was like, bring the kid here. Bring the I, kid I didn't here. know he had a New York accent, brother. <laughs> this is how Jews talk in I, New York. I hear you. I don't know if they talk that way in, in uh, the Old Testament. but yeah, I hear you. So he, he brought David and the Holy Spirit <laughs> enlightened Samuel he anointed him. He consecrated him as king of Israel. Yeah. You see? Mm -hmm. So you can't have these generic consecrations or entrustments. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I right? do. I do. <coughs> Continue. So, um, so, it, so the problem is, Our Lady said, if we don't consecrate Russia, she right. will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions against the church. What are some of these errors? The errors of abortion, the errors of divorce. The errors of, of getting rid of uh, parents as the primary educators of their children. Why do we have all this critical race theory and, and Marxism and uh, reverse racism all throughout America right now and all throughout the Western countries? It's because Russia was never properly consecrated. We don't deserve peace. Amen. And if I can we, jump in just to say also, yeah, Our Lady said to um, to <clears throat> Sister that... The final battle will be with the family, and we're seeing that. We're living that right now, Ed. Karl Marx attacked the family. Yep. He said, we have to do away with the family as the unit of society. Hey, I think a and couple other uh, politicians like uh, Hillary Clinton said that, too. <laughs> <clears throat> Continue, please. Well, you know, the, the, I, I told you last time the, the when when uh, Mary told the kids that you have to the Pope has to consecrate Russia. Russia yeah. is going to spread her errors throughout the world if he doesn't do it. Right. They, they thought they didn't know what Russia was. They thought she was some wicked woman, kind of like Hillary Clinton. You know, yeah, I get it. But, uh, I get it. But anyway, uh, so it, it's vitally important. Now, another aspect of these consecrations that took place in the 20th century <laughs> is that in all of these various entrustments and consecrations, the Catholic bishops did not participate, at least all of them, in union with the Holy Father. That was one of the conditions that Our Lady stressed. In, uh, she, when she appeared to Sister Lucia in her convent in Spain in June of 1929. Uh, and uh, so we have to have all the Catholic bishops on board uh, in order for this, uh, for, for a consecration to work. Um, and that, that was not, sadly, that was not the case in 1942 or 1952, or 64, or 82, or 84. I mean, why can't we just obey Our Lady the way she said, right? Yeah. Well, keep it simple. And I just want to mention, before we have the break, <clears throat> that Our Lady of Fatima's statue from Lisbon, Portugal, has arrived in <clears throat> um, Krakow through Poland, and uh, it's there ready for this consecration. And, Ed, I want to uh, ask you, when we come back from the break, what can we as lay people do to help promote this message of Our Lady of Fatima? I, I, I cringe sometimes when I read statistics of how many people have never even heard of the message or are Catholic of Our Lady of Fatima, when really this is a message that needs to get out to be heard and to be lived 
That's why here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we're constantly referring to Our Lady of Fatima's message as the peace plan from heaven. And maybe you can touch on that. Why is it the peace plan from heaven? Because right now, war seems to be raging in the Ukraine and potentially going out through all the world. And it seems to me that we have a problem here, but we have a solution that Our Lady's given to us over a hundred years ago in a little for three little children in Portugal, which is a not known, you know, little Portugal. What can good can come from Portugal? Well, the peace plan from heaven. And I'd like to ask you to talk about that. I want to remind everybody the first Saturday of each month here at Virgin Most Powerful Sacred Heart Chapel, we're going to have first Saturday um, conference. We're going to have uh, the rosary. We'll have mass. We'll have the Divine Mercy Chaplet. We'll have a talk on our fat on Lady of Fatima. We will also have confessions being heard every first Saturday here at the chapel, and then Holy Mass, and then we'll have a potluck and join West with for that potluck after the Mass fellowship. This is what we call grace building on nature, as Thomas says. <clears throat> when we come back, let's talk about that peace plan from heaven. Our Lady of Fatima, please pray for us. Stay with us, family. More on the message of Fatima for our church today and beyond. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'm going to be taking a call from... Susanna, let me know when the call is in. She has a very interesting comment about the topic about Our Lady of Fatima and the consecration. I think her insight is insightful, so I wanted her to ask the question and make the comment. So, Mr. Engineer, let me know when she's on the air. Dr. Ed, I I teased everybody at the break about this peace plan from heaven. And, you know, I always like to end shows with problem-solution, and the solution that Our Lady is giving us is really a reaffirmation of the gospel. Can you share that peace plan with us, please? Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. We have to be baptized. Yep. We have to be in a state of grace. Yep. And if we are in a state of grace, we can offer up all of our prayers, works, joys, and sufferings in union with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross in order to help save sinners who otherwise won't be saved unless we offer ourselves for them. Uh, when was the last time you heard that at your local Novus Ordo parish, right? Well, it's not, uh, it's not heard enough. And that's why <laughs> here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we are going to proclaim that. You know, I wanted to just, um, here's a comment from one of our listeners. She says, I, w- I wanted to say is that the specific consecration of Russia is like when I take a religious article to the church for the priest to bless, if he says, I give the blessing at the end of Mass, and that will do the blessing, your statue, your statue also, a uh, piece of st- jewelry or work, I feel sort of cheated. I think we've all had that experience where they say, oh, yeah. So um, I, I think the analogy here is, and this is God uh, is... is if you look at the Old Testament and New Testament, it's very exact about how things are to be done. For example, even when, especially when it comes to worship, uh, Bishop yeah. Athanasius Snyder's book on the Mass 
he's demonstrating that very clearly how rubrics, we call it rubrics, but we need to follow the rubrics of the Mass. Do we have her on now? Okay. Susanna from Texas, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. You're on with Dr. Mazza and this bald-headed old man, Terry Barber. Oh, my gosh. You guys are great. You're just <laughs> rocking. Thank you so much for what you're doing okay. and all this good teaching all week long. And I, I was just I'm making uh, lasagna. Good. For our I'm coming over. Ministry Sunday night. Good. So I was I was listening to you guys talking about the consecration. Yes. You know, I'm a, I'm a convert. So right. I just uh, try to absorb as much as I can. But as I was listening to what Dr. Ed Massa said about the consecration, and if it's too general, it I just I thought about in the when I take a, a religious article to church mm-hmm. and I ask my priest, "Can you bless this for me after mass?" You know, yeah. I've got a statue or a piece yeah. of jewelry or a piece of art, and he says, "Oh, you know, uh, when I give the the general blessing at the end of the mass, that'll bless your article." <laughs> it's, I, I feel cheated when he of does course. that. Of course, it is not the same thing. I'm and when you. he said what he did about the house, well, I blessed the whole town, and your house is in the town. I get it. That made more sense than than anything that I have heard about why when Pope John Paul blessed his heart and and God loved him, sure, didn't consecrate Russia when he didn't say the name Russia, right. And I had one more other sure. quick thought I had sure. this week. When you when y'all were talking about that the other day, and you mentioned the politicians, yes. that the politicians were in the background, and I, I get this picture like whispering in his ear, "Don't say Russia, don't say Russia." Right. Remember what happened with with President Reagan when he went to speak and against the Soviet Union. Yeah. You mean when he said, tear down that wall? Yes. Writers, I said, don't put that in there. Don't. Yep, put I remember that. And he said it anyway. He said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And look at, I mean, it gives me cold chills. Oh, and I think me about too. What a difference that made. Yeah. Susanna, you made a great point. I just realized when you were saying, yes, tear down that wall. No, you can't say that. I sure can. I'm the president. <laughs> he did it. And he's, and he's the Pope. So he can say exactly. Hey, you know what? Okay. Yeah, Suzanne, you made a very good point, Doctor Ed. Your thoughts? Oh, oh she put it so so well. Uh, it, it reminds me in the Bible of Moses, for example. Now Moses is one of the patriarchs. Mm-hmm. He's a saint, right? Right. And but God told him to strike a rock, and then I think believe water was going to come out of the rock if he struck it. Right. But. Moses thought he would kind of do it his way instead of God's way, mm-hmm. and uh, he struck it twice, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And as a result, the water did come out, but because of that sin, uh, he was not allowed to, to go into the promised land after 40 years of leading the Israelites through the desert. Right. Now, we still revere Moses, but he didn't follow God's plan. Now, p- certain people in the church will accuse me of legalism. But I take the word of God as the word of God. What do you think? Well, in the inerrancy of, of Scripture, we believe that as Catholics. And uh, I would just say this, that uh, we need to be praying with the Holy Father. Susanna, I, I made a suggestion that all of us lay people, which is 99% of the church, yeah. unite with the Holy Father on the 25th in making this consecration. Do you have a minute? I just want to read what it says. It says, O Immaculate Heart of Mary, you are the Holy Mother of God and our tender mother. Amen. Look upon the distress in which the church and the whole humanity are living because of the spread of materialism and the persecution of the church. 
At Fatima, you warned against these errors as you spoke about the errors of Russia. You are the mediatrix of all graces. Implore your divine son to grant this special grace from the Pope that he might consecrate Russia to your immaculate heart so that Russia will be converted. A period of peace will be granted to the world and your immaculate heart will triumph through our authentic renewal of the church and the splendor of purity of the Catholic faith of sacredness of divine worship and the holiness of the Christian life. Queen of the Holy Rosary and our sweet mother, turn your merciful eyes to us. Graciously hear this, our trusting prayer. Amen. This is the prayer from Bishop Athanasius Snyder. And I would just say a big amen. Your thoughts, Suzanne, and then I'll let Dr. Ed his thoughts. I think that I think that's beautiful. And I just want to know, do you have it on the website for Virgin Most Powerful so that we can copy it from there? Well, I got my engineer here and Anthony, he's going to put that on. We'll have it on within the next hour. Absolutely. We'll put that up on our website. God bless y'all. God bless you too. Dr. Ed, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, we've had, you and I interviewed him, I think, and I've done several other interviews with him on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. But he has an article on LifeSite News just really encouraging everyone to participate in this consecration and tell everyone you know about it. Um, What else can we do as lay people to promote the message of Fatima? Well, that's the thing. You see, I'm I'm not the pope. Nope. Uh, I can't I can't consecrate Russia. Nope. And I'm not a bishop. Nope. So I can't I can't join in union with that, right? Right. right. But as a layperson, I can spread the word. Um, I can pray my rosary every day. Amen. I mean, uh, it scares me sometimes when Lucia asked our lady, uh, are you going to take us to heaven? And she said, Yes, I'm gonna take Francisco, but he's got to say many rosaries first. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And he was only what, like a ten-year-old kid? Um, Unbelievable! I know. Think I, about so that. I worry. Uh, Doctor Mazza has to say many rosaries first. So, um, the uh, sister Lucia said that there is no problem that cannot be conquered by the rosary. Beautiful. Okay, because our Lord at the at the wedding feast at Cana, uh, he he oh, he followed his mother's. He, he, his mother asked him something, and he did it for his mother. Right. So we don't deserve world peace. God wants to give us world peace. God wants to convert Russia. uh, And that's not going to happen until this consecration happens. Um, You you think I'm on the right track here? Of course you are. And again, I just want to ask everyone, they can Google Fatima, the message of Fatima on a Google on your search engine and read about it because it is, as Paul VI said, a reaffirmation of the gospel message. And this is so important here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio that we get the word out for devotion to Our Lady always leads us to Jesus Christ. That's true devotion to Mary. And um, Dr. Ed, thanks for filling in for Jesse this week. I you know, thank you for your generous offer to come on board and, and cover some of these shows this week. It's been a gracious time. I always enjoy uh, having radio shows with you. I'll say that publicly. Because um, <laughs> we've only known each other for over, I don't know how many years, but a lot uh, of years. We've, yes. we've been working together in the vineyard of the Lord. And again, just a public thank you for all you do. And Ed, one more yeah. quick, I'd like to plug your your teaching course that you do. How can people get a hold of your courses? Yes, we're, we're running a special right now. We, we deeply discounted. Uh, if you sign up for both the church history and the world history, we got a deep discount going on. Good. Uh, it's uh, and if you can't attend the classes in person, 
you can watch the video. Good. So it's it's there's no homework, no tests. So <laughs> it's uh, stress free, and uh, we're we're looking at the Catholic Church from 1966 to 2016. Wow. I mean, what a, what yeah, that's... a turbulent time. <laughs> wow. And the world, for that matter, right? Wow. So if you want to know a little bit more about the world and the church and to help your kids, to help your grandkids, to help your neighbors, to help yourself, yeah. uh, to motivate you to pray, because the more you know something, the more you can uh, love and, and do things about things. So okay. go to edmundmaza.com and uh, sign up. We would love to have you. Great. And again, that's... Uh... Uh, very important for us to understand history in our church. And I think you make it really quite simple. I've taken some of your courses over the years. I want to take— I could, Yeah, go ahead, Ed. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, I want us to go out on, on a positive note. Sure, sure. But that being said, I, I, I do want to get back, harken back to something you said earlier in the program yes. about how Cardinal Pell yeah. wants the, the church to, to, to discipline— yeah. You know, these bishops that are not with the program. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, I just we have to we got to do, do whatever God says. You know, it's what Our Lady told the, the, the stewards. Right. When the, right. With, the, with the water at the at the wedding feast, mm -hmm. do whatever Jesus tells you. And please, lay people have to do this. And those with more responsibility have to do that. Absolutely. And that's what in, that's what's inspired me with Cardinal Pell speaking up as he did. Folks, up next, the Bible with the Barbers. Are you ready for this? My wife will be here. I'm babysitting today, our grandson. So I want to encourage you to stay with us. The way you can listen to all these podcasts is go to vmpr.org. All these shows are there for you to pass on to your friends. And if you want cards to hand out to promote Virgin Most Powerful Radio, go online to vmpr.org. There's a little area that you can get them, bumper stickers and other things like that. Also, if you want to get Father Chad Ripperker's Spiritual Warfare Conference, that has been going like crazy. Just go on to vmpr.org. There's nine talks on the family and spiritual warfare. Awesome set. You can get that by going to vmpr.org. If Jesse was here, I'd say, Jesse, what state should you be uh, living in? He would say the state of grace, not Arizona or California. Uh, that's what I'm asking you to do. Uh, you know, go to confession. What I mean by often, at least once a month. If you're not going to confession once a month, shame on you. Yeah, I mean it. I'm going to shame you to go because it's good for the soul. The benefits are out of this world. Don't forget to pray the rosary every day. Remember our fat lady said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Up next, Bible with the Barbers. God love you.